Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Week 13 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the numbers on roulette, you can create a big parlay. Play three games to win, and if you hit all three, you could turn $100 into $600. And there's so much to bet on on MyBookie. College football, college basketball, the NBA, NFL, NHL, custom props, and even eSports. You name it, MyBookie's got it. And MyBookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, Make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every mention and DM, not to mention that they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know when new odds and props are posted. So don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on sports this year. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code BEARS25 to get your 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground, with the LA Rams on the horizon, our beloved wrote a five-game winning streak into New York to take on a Giants team that was supposed to put on little resistance between the Bears and a six-straight victory. But what happened in the Meadowlands did not go according to plan. Did the Bears get caught looking ahead, or did the Giants just have a better day? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the week 13 review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. Week 13 turned out not to be so lucky for our beloved as they dropped their first game in a month and a half to the New York Giants in overtime. In in and it was uh, what it was a crazy up and down game, an amazing finish to regulation, and then what a bummer in overtime. But we're gonna talk about it all. What's going on, everybody? Larity back for the week thirteen review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, and uh, yeah, it, it truly was a, a roller coaster of, of a game. I mean, from the way that the game started off, right right off the bat. It just you just got one of those eerie feelings in the pit of your stomach about how well that was not good and uh, you know this is kind of feeling like maybe this just isn't gonna be our day because the uh, the Giants did not come out firing like a three and eight team that was demoralized by a come from behind loss uh, to the uh, Eagles uh, last week you know they they led at halftime they were kind of dominating things and then kind of got blown away in the second half it actually. What happened to them last week is what's happened to the Bears this week. You know, they came back or they get, they got a big lead last week. The Eagles came back and tied up the football. And, you know, the Eagles came back and actually took the lead. 
And then the Giants kicked the field goal to tie it, only to have the Eagles come back down and kick the game winner at the end of regulation. So in very similar, you know, almost a mirror image of what happened to the Giants a week ago, only it worked in their favor uh, this time. They're the ones that got out to a lead uh, 10 points in the fourth quarter, only to have the Bears come back and score those 10 points in the final 90 seconds of the football game. But all was not to be as the Giants pull through and and pull it out uh, in overtime, ending the Bears' five-game winning streak. The Bears were perfect in the month of November and start December with a loss to a team. Yeah, if we were going to lose a game in December, this was not <laughs> this was not the one you wanted the Bears to lose. Like next Sunday would have been an easy pill to swallow. It's the Rams. They're eleven and one coming into it. These guys are Super Bowl contenders. It's an easy pill to swallow. You know, we're not quite on the Rams level yet. There have been a lot of ways to talk ourselves off the ledge after a loss to the Rams next week. However, now it's in more of a dire situation for us to come away with a victory next week against the Rams, not only for positioning in the NFC and, you know, trying to maintain our lead in the division and and all the rest of that kind of stuff, but after losing a game that we absolutely should have won, we 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 need this game now if if we'd won against the Giants we could afford to lose one to the Rams because we've got the Packers after that we got the 49ers after that um before we finish out the year with the uh with the Vikings uh and everything we could afford uh to drop a game especially one that that most people are going to pick the Bears to lose this week. Most people are going to pick the Bears to lose. Maybe somebody's going to go rogue and take the Bears because they're at home. It's in December, cold weather game for a West Coast team, outdoors, blah, 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 blah. So you'll hear a lot of that. You know, somebody will, will act like they're reinventing the wheel by picking the Bears to win at home when they're 4-1 and one at home so far this year or 3-1 and one at home so far this year. 4-1, and 5-1. We're 5-1 and one at home, actually. Not four and one, five and one. We've only we only lost the New England game. Otherwise, we're undefeated at home. So somebody's going to act like they're really taking a big leap to pick the Bears in this game against this West Coast team that's you know in in frigid December in a night game in Chicago, right off the lake. Blah blah blah. Great defense and and so on and so forth. Somebody's going to act this week like they are really making a bold prediction to say the Bears might beat the Rams uh, on Sunday. And I've been talking for a couple of weeks how how I think it's possible and why. And we'll talk more about that later on uh, this week after we get done choking down this meal uh, that is the Bears losing to the Giants. God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, uh, I mean, after talking to Ryan Dunleavy uh, last week and, and, you know, this is the guy that follows the team, knows them better than most, and he's like, yeah, None of the matchups that I see I like. It's just a bad matchup. I don't expect things to be pretty. And, uh, you know, he said he even predicted a 28-3 to final score uh, for the game and, and all that kind of stuff. They, this was not supposed to be a fight that the, Lion, or the Lions – what is it with me not being able to get rid of the Lions? Damn it. The Giants would not be able to stay in. You know, this was like – if the Giants managed to make it all 12 rounds, it was going to be a heavy – bears card you know when the judges put the scores out kind of thing it just um it was not supposed to be what it was uh yesterday so but like i said all the thoughts about what this game was supposed to be were eliminated immediately 
in the first quarter. You know, stuffed on first down, and then on second down is when the wheels really came off. Knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Giants after the first quarter, and the the first 30 seconds of the game couldn't have gone any worse than they did. Uh, Jordan Howard stuffed on first down, a pick six by Alec Ogletree on second down, and before you even get to sit down in your seat, the Bears are down 7-0. Uh, the offense came out flat, but they finally stabilized themselves on their last drive. Heavy with the Jordan Howard running, like I talked about in the preview, with the Giants have an atrocious, atrocious interior defensive line. The Bears were able to get the running game going and finished off the drive with a touchdown pass to Adam Shaheen, who did not concuss himself when he fell down. So two positives on that play. So it's a tie ball game now. The Bears uh, uh, ended the first quarter with an interception from Kyle Fuller. So they have the football starting the second quarter at 7-7. Seven to seven, And it looks like after a slow start for the Bears, things are stabilizing or righting themselves, if you will. And uh, we're getting things going. The Giants can't really get much going on offense. And uh, the defense is doing its job. And it seems like the offense has settled down after a very, uh, very ugly start. So here we go, 7-7. Seven, seven, start of the second quarter quarter the Bears have the ball to see if they can uh, get the lead in this game okay so a less than desirable beginning first down you know where I I fully I got the play I was expecting a handoff to Jordan Howard up the middle the Giants saw it coming a mile away they pound right through they stuffed Howard for a two-yard loss I'm like well Okay, so maybe they've also been hearing all week long that the Bears should probably focus on the run against this run defense. They took offense, and here they are, a run blitz on first down, and they stuff it for a two-yard loss. But nonetheless, I think we'll still be able to run the football, and and sure enough, even in the first quarter, uh, the Bears proved that they could. Uh, But the second play, (laughs) to tell you the truth, I don't really put it on Chase Daniel, or at least I didn't, when it happened. You know, it, it was one of those freak plays it was one of those interceptions where the ball basically just stuck uh, to Alec Ogletree. You know, he was definitely going to bat it down. It was going to be one of those plays, but instead the ball just stuck in his hands. So it was it was a, a, a routine batted ball that turned into an interception for a touchdown. He only had to take it about 13 yards for the touchdown uh, to get the Giants uh, on the board. It was a huge emotional boost for a team that's probably been hearing all week long. They don't have a shot. The Bears are too good. They're better across the board everywhere. And the last thing that you want to give a team that is lesser than you is any kind of hope in the game. What was great, though, was after the Bears took their black eye early on in the, in the first uh, quarter there, they spent the rest of the first quarter and even into the second quarter chipping away at that hope to the point where in the second quarter we took over the football game. We scored a – you heard me talk about the Jordan Howard touchdown. He was outstanding on that drive. He had like 40 yards rushing on the touchdown drive, including a big 22-yard gain that got us in the red zone. Uh, It was vintage Jordan Howard, something that we've all been dying to see uh, this year. We get down to the red zone. You guys heard that crack about Adam Shaheen. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and then my dad, I was at my dad's house this weekend. Uh, my dad, my stepmother and I were all making jokes about, uh, you know, Chase Daniel came in and did the whole, you know, like body block into him and everything. Other guys were, were hitting him on the head as he was walking back to the end zone. It's like, guys, he's fragile. Take it easy. He can't handle that. You know, the guy fell down on top of the football. He's probably, you know, probably had the wind knocked out of him or something or he's bruised his shoulder or something. You know, it's like Adam Shaheen is is easily injured. So let's take it easy on the kid. He's, he's had a bad year. And uh, uh, anyway, but in the second quarter, the 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 destruction was it was going back to the way that it was supposed to i mean chase daniel was having his issues but jordan howard was able to run the football we were able to move the ball uh once again uh we had one touchdown taken away from us and we'll talk about that after the after the reaction and uh, but we were able to get one on the board we're able to take the lead and then right before halftime we look like we're getting ready to go in with this momentum, with the mental edge in the game, and then the final 17 seconds of the half is where things got a little bit weird. Knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Giants, and uh, the Bears are seemingly in control of this game, though it is a lot closer than any of us would like it to be. Chase Daniel has been nothing short of awful in the first half of this game. Two interceptions, one is a pick six on the second play of the game, and just making poor decisions, hanging on to the football when he should throw it away, taking losses and stuff like that. It's It's been brutal. If not for the running game, which has been actually very good today, Jordan Howard, I think over 70 yards rushing in the first half alone, just like I thought what might be a good day for us to run the football. That has come to fruition. Chase Daniel and a full week of practice has been terrible uh, thus far. However, uh, thanks to an awesome catch from Allen Robinson, more so than the throw Daniel gave to get it there, the Bears get in range for an Akeem Hicks one-yard touchdown run. That's right, Akeem Hicks with a one-yard touchdown run. And then on the ensuing drive, giving the ball back to the Giants with a few minutes left to go, or actually not even, a minute and a half to go in the first half, the uh, the Giants get sacked on first and second down. The first by Leonard Floyd, the second by Akeem Hicks. The Bears call a timeout with 17 seconds left. I guess they wanted to take a shot before halftime. Instead, on third and 23, um, Saquon Barkley gets 21 yards, runs out of bounds. They throw a short pass to get across the into Chicago territory, and their kicker kicks a 57-yard field goal to close out the first half. So a half that was dominated by the Bears, on defense anyway, and with the with as horrible as the offense is playing for the Giants, a 14 to 7 lead at the halftime might have been a 40 point lead uh, going into it. But now with this this field goal and the seemingly the momentum that comes along with it, for as unlikely as it was before, could be a different football game in the second half because the Giants actually start the second half with the football. So we'll see how it goes from here. I'm not comfortable with only a four point lead against this team, but. Um, We'll, we'll see if the if the Giants' uh, offense holds up the way that it has in the first half, and we can right this wrong in the second half. So a lot to dissect there. First of all, the the the, the second interception from Chase Daniel was actually a another freak play from from Alec Ogletree. It was very reminiscent for me 
of the interception that Erlacher made, that Brian Erlacher made in the, the Carolina playoff game back in 2005. He's playing center field in his middle linebacker position. He just he jumps up and one-handed brings down the interception that uh, Jake Talone was trying to get over his head. Erlacher uses athletic ability to jump up there and go get it. That is very similar to what Alec Ogletree did yesterday to pick off that pass uh, from Chase Daniel because, like I said, Tariq Owen, Tariq Owen, Tariq Cohen was wide open uh, down the seam. I mean, he was an animal yesterday in the passing game, 154 yards receiving or something like that on 12 catches. The guy was 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 an absolute beast yesterday. Um, but he was wide open. It would have been a touchdown if Daniel would have been able to get it over uh, his head. So granted, Daniel threw two interceptions. Both of them were killers in one way or another. One added points on the board to the Giants. One took points off the board uh, for the Bears. And, and, you know, obviously those that had an, a direct outcome, uh, a direct effect on the outcome uh, of the game. But, you know, they were – I mean – you heard me talk about how terrible Chase Daniel was. The funny thing was those two interceptions were more freak plays than they were bad decisions by Chase Daniel. He made the right to ch- – I, I, I can't tell you about the decision on the on the batted ball interception, but I can tell you Tariq Cohen was wide open. It would have been a touchdown. That was the right call. He just made a throw. He uh, Ogletree just made an outstanding play. Okay, and the last thing that I want to do after yesterday is defend Chase Daniel, but on that particular play, Alec Ogletree made the play. He came up, jumped up in the air, one-handed, brings it down uh, with the interception, kills the drive, and gets the ball going in the, in the other direction. So the funny thing about the way Chase Daniel did play yesterday was that I don't really put his interceptions on him. The first one, nine times out of ten, that's just a batted ball. That one gets pounded into the ground, and, you know, it's third down, and, and – here we go, uh, you know, again on offense. Uh, and like this time, it was just one of those balls that just happened to stick to the defender. He brought his hands down in a way where the ball just stuck to his body and he runs it in for a touchdown kind of thing. And then the, the other interception, Ogletree just made an outstanding uh, defensive play. Now, that final 17 seconds, it was very, very weird because when, when Nagy did his presser, uh, yesterday after the game, he says that he called the timeout because he wanted to go for the punt block. He wanted to go for the punt block, and um, the problem was that uh, the the strategy doesn't sound all that bad. I like the aggressiveness. I'm, I'm down with it. Uh, unfortunately, it was third and 23, and we gave up 22 yards to Saquon Barkley. Not 21, but 22 yards on third down. The Giants went for it on fourth down, converted, and that's what got them in the, in the spot. So it went from the Giants being content to take this one touchdown deficit into the locker room, but more importantly, the Bears had all of the momentum at that point. We just sacked Eli on back-to-back plays. I mean, talk about a way to put a punctuation on a first half like we had this disastrous beginning and we spent the other 29 minutes of the first half recovering from that mistake and and we had done it Re- regardless of the interception that Daniel threw uh, you know in, intended for Cohen that Ogletree brings down uh, that I just got done talking about aside from that the Bears spent the rest of the first half reclaiming control of the game defensively offensively you name it the Bears were in charge of that game until Nagy calls that timeout with 17 seconds to go. 
Then the Giants get that first. Then they get the the, the big run on on third down. The Bears have some poor tackling there. Couldn't get Barkley, and then they let him get out of bounds on top of it. They come back with the conversion. They go for it on fourth down. They get the field goal. Now they've got the momentum. They've got something to build off of going into the second half. And we saw the returns on net immediately because the Giants started with the football in the second half. And before you know it, what was a 14-7 lead by the Bears with the emotional edge going into the locker room, all of a sudden the Giants have a spark. They have life. And what did I say in the you know after the first quarter reaction? The last thing that you want to do for a team that is lesser than, which is what the Giants happen to be this year, the last thing you want to do is give them hope. We gave them hope right at the beginning of the game, and we gave it to them again right at the end of the first half. They had a little spark they could take in the locker room and use that to build off of, and they came out firing on all cylinders in the third quarter, and before you know it, 14-7 to was 17-7, to or 17-14, to and then 24-14 to at the end of the third quarter to the point where we're heading into the final 15 minutes thinking, are we actually going to lose this game? Knee-jerk reaction in the third quarter. The Bears and the Giants. And the Bears are a perfect two for two on starting a half as poorly as humanly possible today. We have the pick six on the second play of the game to start the first half. And then in the second half, the Bears give up a 49-yard touchdown pass on a trick play from Odell Beckham to random wide receiver from New York. And the Giants are ahead 17-14. to 14. That field goal came back to hurt us. So they, instead of tying the game, it gives them the lead. The Giants then come back on the ensuing drive, drive the football down the field. And in another, it just seems like today is New York's day because they're getting all the breaks. Starting with the second half, with the, with the, the, the interception at the beginning of the game, the second interception um, by Ogletree in the second quarter that would have been a touchdown to Tariq Cohen because Tariq was wide open and there was nothing in front of him. If he gets that ball to Cohen, it's a touchdown. The field goal at the end, which narrowed the gap, and then the the trick play for the touchdown, and then the miracle heave that Eli makes to a wide-open Odell Beckham in the end zone uh, on fourth and goal. The Bears absolutely stuffed Saquon Barkley three plays in a row uh, at the one-yard line, and then on fourth goal, fourth and goal, they go for it, and Eli's about to be crushed by one of our defensive linemen. I don't remember who it was. He just heaves it up into the air, and Odell Beckham just happens to run underneath it to catch it for the touchdown. So we, we can't really get much of anything going on offense right now, and the defense you know, is falling victim to these trick plays uh, and everything. Poor tackling on Saquon Barkley in the second half. It's all falling apart. We're down 24-14. to 14. The Bears have the football. See if we can bounce back and, and, and pull this thing out, but it's not looking good. So the third quarter was probably the worst quarter that we played all day uh, on Sunday, and that's not easy to say, but it, it was. I mean, I'm just uh, I was actually just going through the the rundown of the plays, and it's all Giants. It's all Giants. So you know, I was uh, wondering what happened to the running game, and I was looking at it. And on first down, in each of the drives the Bears had in the third quarter, the Bears ran the ball with Jordan Howard on first down. They lost three yards on their very first offensive play in the third quarter, and the other one they gained four. 
And it's like, you know, there was that ugly stat they showed late in the fourth quarter how the Bears had over 100 yards rushing in the first half, and they had five in the second with about, I don't know, it, it, there was a, a little bit left in the game as, you know, maybe five, six minutes, whatever it was, we'd rushed for five yards in the entire second half up to that point after rushing for nearly 100 uh, in, in the in the first half. And, and I thought that maybe... It, it you know that that uh, you know just my best recollection at the time I was talking to a buddy about the game last night thinking that that Nagy panicked after we lost the lead on that first drive for the for the Giants when they came out that trick play and it was uh, on one of the Shepherd they have more than once there's a Sterling Shepherd and there's another Shepherd it was the other Shepherd that caught the pass for the touchdown uh, yesterday and you know, I thought, like, thought he maybe he panics. Like we lost first, we lost the momentum going to the half. Then we lost the lead. Now the Giants have all the momentum and the lead right now. And you know, I thought maybe Nagy, I don't want to say desperate, but was you know wanted to get in control. And so the plan that he had for the second half, he abandoned it and was like, all right, to hell with this. We got to get the lead back and get the momentum back on our side or whatever. But that's actually not what happened. So that was just a a, a, a ill conceived knee jerk reaction of my own. But in the third quarter, the Giants moved the football. They had two successful touchdown drives uh, in that quarter. Uh, one on, and, and both of the touchdowns were fluke, <laughs> fluke plays. You know, the first one being the the Odell Beckham um, touchdown pass. And you know, from the Giants' perspective, that was a play that worked to perfection because not only did everyone bite on the fake when when Odell was had the football. Um, but you know, the receiver was wide open, uh, and in no danger whatsoever of being caught, even though he kind of had to wait for the ball to get there, uh, kind of thing to me, what the fluke was is that it was obvious from the moment Odell Beckham got the ball that he was going to throw it and nobody broke on the receiver. Nobody abandoned playing, you know, defending the reverse to hit the, you know, to get back and defend the receiver that was running freely down the middle of the field the closest person to Shepard was I believe Adrian Amos and Adrian Amos is not our free safety so he's not the guy that should be playing deep middle Eddie Jackson is he was nowhere to be seen on that play probably playing you know some kind of run defense uh, on that actual play so that's where it was kind of flukish that nobody picked up on the way that Odell was carrying the football when he was running it and that he just heaved it down the field the guy's wide open that touchdown at the goal line the Bears stuff Barkley on first and second down. Eli is off target on third down to his tight end. It's fourth and one, and instead of going for a field goal, they go for the touchdown, and the Bears blitz. They send the house. When I saw the highlights, they sent the house. The defensive player that I that was bearing down on Eli Manning, there were two, but the one that was closest to him and that actually hit him and pushed him to the ground was Bryce Callahan. So Fangio sent the house at Eli Manning on fourth down. They blitzed everything. So they were either going to they were either going to blitz to stuff all the running gaps for Barkley or they were going to be able to break through and sack Eli if he was going to try to throw it. It was a great call by Fangio. The problem was we didn't get to Eli in town in time. He heaved that ball up there. It was a desperation toss and he threw it to a spot and put enough air underneath it so that Odell Beckham could get to it. That's all that happened. You know, that we just didn't get to Eli on time. It was a great call from Fangio because it probably would have worked no matter what the play call was. 
because I, you know, like we were running through there, like we were run blitzing to stop Barkley on fourth because we're at the one yard line. It was fourth and fourth and goal at the one, one and a half, maybe. So we were run run blitzing to stop Barkley, or we're going to send the house to get after Eli if they want to try and throw it again like they did on third down. We just didn't get there in time. So that I mean, it was and the fluke part was the fact that he got the play off, and trust me, that was not how he wanted that throw to go. You know, Beckham was wide open. That's the risk of a blitz. Somebody's going to be open when you blitz. And, but he just kind of heaved it up there and prayed for the best, and sure enough, he put enough air under it that Beckham was able to make the uh, Beckham was able to make the catch. So that was a hard that was a hard one to swallow. You know, watching them score that touchdown on the Odell Beckham pass, yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, that sucks. We're we're behind now, but to be able to stuff Barkley on first and second down be able to play defense on third down to force a fourth and goal situation to have the Giants by the throat with that blitz. We made the right call and not get there. And he makes this heave of a throw that, he, you know, he might as well have thrown it left-handed. That's how desperate the throw was. And it just so happens to land in his hands easily and softly for the touchdown. It's like, and that's where that pit of the stomach feeling return. The same one that I felt after the pick six on the second play of the game, like, oh, man, you know, it's like everything is going their way. Everything is going their way. None of this is working out now. You know, it's like on any other week of the season or whatever, they don't can they don't get 22 on third and 22 right before the half. They get maybe six or seven. They run out of the clock. We go to halftime. That's what happens most of the time. But today, but today, Saquon gets 22. It gives, you know, Shermer the, the, the gonads to go for it on fourth down, and, you know, they, they end up getting the field goal and a little bit of spark to go into halftime. Then the thing with, with uh, you know, Beckham and, and, Sher- and Shepard for the touchdown on the reverse, and then, like I said, the heave throw that Eli made that just so happened to land in Odell Beckham's hands. The problem wasn't that Beckham was open. The problem was we didn't get to Eli in time, and the throw that he made was just good enough. You know, because Eli, uh, despite his shortcomings, he's been in the in the league for 14, 15 seasons now. So he knows how to make that throw. And he got it off and got off just enough to be able to get it to Odell. I mean, that was that was soul crushing watching that. I mean, that's the moment where you're like, oh, geez, we are going to lose this game today, aren't we? Damn it. I can't believe this. But at the same time. Because this team is the way it is, because we've we never stopped fighting, man. That's the one thing we never stopped fighting, uh, and and it was just a ten point lead. It was just ten points, so you know easily we we've scored you know you know we've scored twice in a short period of time before. We can do it again. I didn't think we'd wait till the final ninety seconds of the game to pull it off, but that's ended up that ended up being what happened. But um, you know I, I was I was nervous, uh, I was unhappy. I was bummed out, but I I hadn't given up just yet. It's just like, well, this is most likely not going to go our way. Uh, but instead, we we fought valiantly. We 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 kept uh, hacking at it, and then finally, at the end of regulation, you'll sense my excitement. It's a rather short knee-jerk reaction, but uh, you can tell I'm a bit excited, astonished, thrilled that the Bears were able to pull off this miracle in the last 90 seconds to send this thing to overtime and give us the chance that we didn't think we had at the end of the third quarter. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. The fourth quarter, the Bears and the Giants, and I don't know how we got here. 
But here we are, 27-27, going into overtime. The Bears scored 10 points in the final, what, minute 30 or something like that? Uh, they got an onside kick. Daniel Brown somehow beats Odell Beckham Jr. to the onside kick. The Bears recover. They move the football. A huge pass play to Tariq Cohen to get us inside the 10. We got a, a penalty on uh, third down to get us down to the 1. And with three seconds to go, the Bears run a, run a trick play with a sweep to Tariq Cohen, who passes it to Anthony Miller for the touchdown. Cody Parkey, perfect with the extra point. We're going to overtime. It's 27-27. to 27. And uh, it's, it's just crazy how we got here and the fact that, uh, you know, 90 seconds ago it looked like the Giants were going to cruise to a victory. And here we are. The Bears are still alive. <laughs> Like I said, something I was not expecting to be able to say after recapping the third quarter. We're down by 10. Everything is going New York's way right now. You know, we're, we're on the road. We don't play well on the road, and it's playing right now exactly that way. And, uh, you know, I, I did not think that the Bears had it in them, especially since it was a minute 49. So it was uh, it was a, a buck 50 to go in the game when the Bears got the football back. The Giants had just kicked a field goal to make it 27 to 17. And a thing about that, on the drive where the Bears scored the field goal, the referees made their worst call of the game. And unfortunately, it was blown dead, so there wasn't a chance for us to go back and review it or anything like that. On, on first down in, in, on that particular field goal drive, Chase Daniel hits uh, Tariq Cohen on a big pass play. It was a 46-yard completion on first and 10 from our own 26-yard line. Tariq Cohen has to do some adjusting to find the ball, makes the catch in a one-on-one -on -one situation with Landon Collins. And Landon Collins is having nightmares right now about Tariq Cohen. I guarantee you that. 154 yards receiving for the kid uh, yesterday, and it was up to Collins to, to cover him most of the time, especially in that fourth quarter. Landon Collins wants to do whatever he can to erase the fourth quarter of that game from his memory. Because Tariq Cohen ate him to pieces uh, in that fourth quarter. Starting with that 46-yard reception, and what happened was in his adjustment where he basically had to turn around and almost caught it back shoulder, he falls to the ground. Landon Collins falls to the ground as well. They blew it dead at that point because Tariq Cohen gets up. After he, after he and Collins hit the ground, Tariq Cohen stands up. Two other defenders come and try to tackle Tariq. And basically, as Tariq, in his, in his short little frame, kind of ducks under the tackle, those two guys kind of run into each other. They fall to the ground, and Tariq Cohen would have run in untouched for a touchdown. Instead, they blew the play dead right there. And when they showed the replay, I don't see, I don't see Collins making contact with Cohen. And I don't see either of the two defenders that came to tackle him making contact with him until he's already back up on his feet again. That should have been a touchdown. That should have been a touchdown. That would have made the score 24 to 21, I believe, at the time. 24 to 21. And it would have made a huge impact on the rest of the, uh, on the, rest of the football game. But unfortunately, like I said, the Giants were the team that got all the breaks and they got one there. 
You know, I know it's difficult. The referees in real time, it probably looked like Cohen got touched. But instead of giving it the benefit of the doubt and letting the play play out and then going back to check the replay, because all scoring plays are, are you know, are uh, checked automatically, they instead blew the play dead. Tariq Cohen can't advance the football, and the Bears end up getting stuck with a field goal instead of being able to put it in the end zone like they should have on that play. It would have ended up being like a 74-yard touchdown reception for, for Cohen if the play is allowed to go through. But the, that, was the, that was the worst call the referees made all day. That, that was the one because it hurt the Bears the most. That's why it's the worst. But that play right there uh, was a legit touchdown reception, an outstanding play made by Tariq Cohen, the presence of mind to get up and keep going. He was able to you know withstand the tackle uh, from the two defenders and would have run in easily for the touchdown. Instead, the play was blown dead, and unfortunately there's no way of correcting that. Uh, other than to say, my bad, which I'm sure we'll hear some kind of press release about how the NFL screwed that one up or how the referees made the wrong call or, or, or what have you. you know. But playing devil's advocate in their defense in, in full speed, you know, I probably would have made the same call. You know, as much as I hate to admit it, as a referee who sees a, a, um, you know, a collision like that in the air and thinks that nobody got touched, you probably blow it dead uh, the same way that that guy did. So <sighs> anyway, then, like I said, with a buck 49 to go in the game, we get the ball back after the Giants go up by two scores again. They kick another field goal uh, to, to, to go up 27 to 17. And the play that, that – uh, the call that I dislike the most out of any call that Nagy made throughout the game, even more so – than calling that timeout at the end of the first half because there's no way Mag Nagy could have ever thought that it would work out the way it did. So I don't put that one on on rookie coach naivete or, or anything like that. That was just the call that didn't work out. Nagy knew what he wanted to do in that situation. That's why he used the timeout. It just did not work out at all the way that he thought it was going to. So I don't really put that on him the way some people are. Uh, today it was just a call that didn't work out that doesn't make it a bad call what he wanted to do I totally see it he wanted to, to set it up to try to block a punt uh, on the Giants see if we can't you know get a special teams play get a little bit more momentum going into it or anything like that but that didn't work out what I thought was the worst call that Nagy made all day was when the Bears uh, got the football back with a buck 49 to go, were able to drive the ball down the field, were inside the five, and when we get down to fourth down, instead of going for the touchdown, he decides to take the points and kick the field goal with Cody Parkey. Now, I don't dislike the move because I don't trust Cody Parkey. That's not it at all. What I don't trust is the fact that he would rather take the safe points and then gamble on the onside kick, gamble on the fact that we're going to get the ball back. Honestly, even though he probably would have caught a little bit more uh, heat for not taking the points, if, if we go for it on fourth down, go for the touchdown and don't score, the game is over right then and there, okay? I would have much rather gone with that than taking the safe points and then looking like fools for going for the onside because they put up a stat right before the onside kick that said in the 2018 season – there have been 38 onside kick attempts. Three of them have been successful, okay? One of which was successful against the Bears in that first Lions game. So the Bears were involved in half of the successful onside kick attempts this year. Uh, 
The fact that we got it back was a miracle on two points. Number one, because it was Daniel Brown who beat Odell Beckham to the ball. The other miracle being that Odell Beckham's objective was to bat the ball out of bounds. He wasn't going for the football to try to recover it. He was trying to knock it out of bounds. If you go back and look at it, he's swatting at the ball as Daniel Brown is jumping on top of it. Odell Beckham had no intention whatsoever of grabbing or landing or falling, standing, whatever, with the football. He had no intention of recovering at all. You know, he was going to try to bat the ball out of bounds to, to knock it out of play. Uh, and whatnot that's why the Bears were able to recover it somehow Daniel Brown got there faster than anybody else and somehow Odell Beckham thought swatting the ball out of bounds was a good idea both of those miracles worked in the Bears favor it gave us the chance it made Nagy look like a genius quite frankly for taking the points and and hoping we, and gambling on us getting the onside back to go for the touchdown and sure enough in in another crazy sequence of events <laughs> The uh, the Bears run a, a modified version of the Philly special to have Tariq Cohen throw a touchdown pass to Anthony Miller literally on the last play uh, of regulation. It was outstanding. I mean, I just uh, was beside myself with happiness knowing that the Bears were going into overtime thinking that we just won the game. We just won it. We did it. We just won it. So, I mean, the debate began after we scored the touchdown. Do we go for two or do we send it to overtime? Because Ike was happy with either answer. Either we go for two and try to get the win and get the hell out of Dodge, or do we kick the field goal or kick the extra point and take it into overtime? We've got the edge. We got the momentum. We got this right now. You know, 50 or, you know, uh, 110 seconds ago, the Giants had this game by the throat. This was theirs. They were just trying to run the clock out kind of thing and here we are this we're one point away from tying this thing do we go for two to try to win or do we take the the extra point and go to overtime I was happy with either answer quite frankly because I thought it was a win-win proposition unfortunately when the overtime period came uh, the Bears went from being two for two on the poorest way to start a half as humanly possible to three for three when they allowed the Giants to drive the football down the field and get the field goal that ended up winning the football game um, you know, it was uh, <laughs> it was a it was a slow come down from the high that was Anthony Miller's touchdown at the end of regulation. <laughs> Knee jerk reaction overtime, Bears and the Giants, and it really wasn't our day to begin with, and it ends that way as well. The the Bears uh, allow the Giants to drive down and kick a field goal to take the lead. And on the ensuing drive, uh, Daniel and the Bears did everything they could to end the game as quickly as humanly possible and somehow kept recovering the three fumbles they had on that drive. Finally comes down to a fourth and eight play. Uh, Daniel had uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel open down the field, but the offensive line could not protect him. And he wasn't able to get a throw off. He's a hit as he throw type thing. The ball gets knocked away. The game is over. The Giants win 30 to 27. The Bears snap their five-game winning streak. We, uh, what a mess! What a mess! We should not have lost this game. Although the way that we played, we deserved to lose it. But you know, like we talked about all week long, and then with the with our even our guest, the Giants beat writer. Doesn't like the matchup. Thinks that the Bears should get. Thinks the Bears should kill the Giants, and in turn, it's the Bears that kill themselves over and over uh, in this game. So, the Bears come up short. We got a lot of recovering to do. 
lot of self-assessment to get ready for the Rams on Sunday night next week. Literally a worst-case scenario of how this could have all gone heading into this Rams game. You know, it, it became the essential trap game. It became exactly what a lot of people feared it could be, and not because the Giants are so damn good, but because this happens in the NFL when a team has a big game coming up, winning streak or not. Even if the you know the Bears were on a one-game winning streak after you know winning on Thanksgiving or, or whatever, winning streak or not, when you have a big game on the horizon, one that's got to be circled on everybody's calendar, including the NFLs because they flexed it to the national stage. It's, it's hard not to look ahead to it. Now, the Bears didn't play like they were looking ahead to the Rams. It just fell that way. It just happened. to it, They didn't look distracted. They didn't look like they, didn't, they weren't ready or, or anything like that. I will say this, though. We got to do something next season because we won't have an opportunity until next season to improve upon this. But Matt Nagy may need to alter what it, whatever it is he's been doing during the bye. Because we were we were awesome against the Buccaneers week four. We came out as flat as humanly possible two weeks later after the bye when we played the Dolphins. We were awesome in, uh, you know, we're battling in, in, in a tight divisional game against the Lions. All the momentum in the world with that late comeback victory uh, that the Bears got against the Lions on Thanksgiving. A 10-day mini-bye later, and we come out... <laughs> We come out flat against the against the Giants. So maybe we need to alter whatever it is we're doing. Maybe he's giving the guys too much time off or something. I don't know what it is, but we've had two breaks so far in this season. We've lost both games coming off of the quote-unquote bye. The actual bye in week five and the the you know the mini bye after the Thursday game on Thanksgiving. We've we've come out we've lost both of those games I mean it's a crazy coincidence but that's what's happened we've lost four games two of them coming off of buys so I mean we, we there's something we definitely need to uh something that we definitely need to work on I mean so it's like maybe after watching the Bears falter after bye weeks we don't want the Bears to get the second seed anymore we don't want them to get a bye because we've seen what happens to the Bears in 2018 when they go on to buy we want to be the wild card team and keep playing our way into the Super Bowl then of course we'll lose the Super Bowl because there's a bye week between the Super Bowl but in the championship game but whatever you know we want to get there at least you know what I'm saying but um you know in, in overtime it was kind of demoralizing the Giants won the toss and then they slowly maturely methodically moved the ball down the field with Barkley running the ball and, and were able to put a field goal on the board and you know like I said that drive in overtime from the Bears was atrocious you know number one uh where was Tariq Cohen he was only on the field maybe one out of two one or one or two plays in that entire drive when he was the hero of the fourth quarter for several reasons I mean how many of those passing yards did he accumulate in the fourth quarter alone I mean he was why we got in the position that we did hell he threw the touchdown pass that tied the game and everything. I mean, and then he's not on the field and was essentially the most important drive of that football game. You know, here it is in overtime. We have to score one way or the other. We're either tying this thing with a field goal or we're going. We're trying to put it in the end zone to win this thing and get the hell out of Dodge. But instead, Cohen was on the field for maybe a couple of plays on that drive. And when uh, Cohen wasn't on the field, Chase Daniels is letting the ball bank off his face mask with this, the the center exchange. He's the ball squirting out of his hands like somebody greased it over or something like that. It was embarrassing uh, to watch, and um, you know, it just uh, 
the fourth, the, the overtime was a disaster. And, um, you know, as I said at the beginning of the overtime knee jerk reaction, you know, it, 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 it wasn't our day to begin with and it ended that way. And that I think is the perfect way to summarize the game. The second play of the game kind of showed that, uh, this is going to be a different kind of game for the bears today. They're not going to be able to steamroll a three and eight team. Uh, so they're going to have to fight for it. And we fought for it, and we used up all that we had in that last drive to tie the football game to send it to overtime because the Giants outlasted the Bears, essentially, uh, in overtime. So the Bears fall short. We fall to 8-4. and four. The good news is, and it's very bittersweet, the good news is literally everyone else lost as well. The Packers lost to the Cardinals at home. Ugh, rest in peace, Mike McCarthy. Uh, Detroit lost to the Rams, no big surprise there. And then on the road, the, the Vikings lost to the Patriots. So the Bears don't lose any ground on their lead. It's still a game and a half over the Vikings uh, in the NFC North. They did lose some ground on the Cowboys, though, who now only have are only a game behind the Bears as far as the three-seed, four-seed uh, type thing. It was a golden opportunity that the Bears let get away. We could have put a two-and-a-half game separation between us and the Vikings. It would have been a two-game lead between us and the, the Cowboys and all that kind of stuff, and we, you know, we'd be setting ourselves up in a good position. We'd only be a game behind the Saints who lost on Thursday night to the Cowboys, and if we beat the Rams next week, we're only a game behind them with three games left to play. So there's still a chance a bye week isn't out of the question. I think a fourth loss makes that a this makes that an almost an impossibility at this point so the uh the bears you know even i'm going to say if for now just because if the bears make the playoffs they're going to be a wild card team one way or the other so there you have it so there you have it folks the bears drop it 30 to 27 in overtime to the giants what do you say we go ahead and wrap this bad boy up with everybody's favorite segment bear up bear down If you are someone that likes to bet a little and gain a lot, go to my bookie and do a three-game parlay where $100 on a three-game parlay can get you $600. Use promo code BEARS25 and get your 50% deposit bonus today. BEARS25 on my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. And here we go with Bear Up, Bear Down for week number 13. And um, it's an interesting uh, set of names here. Uh, bear up to uh, Khalil Mack, another sack. He a lot of pressure yesterday. Love the highlight where he stiff armed Nate Solder, a six foot eight, three hundred and twenty pound offensive tackle, onto his back with one arm. It was amazing to see. Uh, got a big sack late in the uh, late in the third quarter. Maybe the actually maybe it was the fourth quarter uh, when that happened. But uh, just continuing to do his thing and make a case for a defensive MVP. Uh, let's go with the bear downs. Let's just get those out of the way. Um, even though our offensive line was not great yesterday, uh, James Betcher, the defensive coordinator for the Giants, sent a lot of blitzes uh, at Chase Daniel uh, yesterday. The one lineman that kept standing out to me was Brian Witzman, the right guard, who for some reason has been starting when Eric Cush is healthy. Now, maybe that will change after his performance uh, yesterday, uh, but he gets a bear down from me. He was uh, by far the weak link in the chain 
uh, on Sunday. Now, the offensive line wasn't perfect, but it just seemed like any time there was a visible mistake made, Witzman was the guy uh, that was making it. So bear down to him. Um, and this is not so much uh, an indictment of the way he played, but bear down to Trey Burton. Where you been, dude? Seriously, I haven't heard your name since you fumbled against the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. We didn't hear from you for the rest of that football game. You made the bear down list because you didn't play that well. And then you were a ghost. I think we only got one target in the football game uh, on Sunday. So you either weren't getting open or, you know, I don't understand what happened to Trey Burton. He's like one of my favorite players on this team, and he's been a ghost the last couple of weeks. We need you, dude. Where you at? So maybe it's not your doing, but you just show up. You know, hopefully you have a big game against the Rams on Sunday. Looking forward to that. Just seeing what we can do there. You know, they got some uh, – the, the linebackers are their weakness, so maybe it'll be a big game for uh, for Trey Burton on Sunday down the middle of the field. We'll see. And then, of course, the obvious one, uh, bear down to Chase Daniel. I mean, he did not look like a 10-year veteran. Now, granted, this is only his fourth start in those 10 seasons, but a week a week from – you know, 10 days removed from looking like he had utter control of the offense on a short week with basically no reps. He comes out, he plays efficiently. Two touchdown passes, no interceptions, you know, only you know, 27 of 37 uh, and everything. In this game, he looked he looked rattled. He looked inexperienced, like he didn't know what to do. He did not not look like a 10-year veteran out there. He did not look like it. And it made the Bears look like they were a team in need of a quarterback on Sunday, which is hilarious. But, uh, you know, he made poor decisions with the football. And, and when I say poor decisions, as far as getting rid of it, dude, it's okay. Throw the ball away. Instead, he kept taking losses by taking sacks uh, and things like that. I mean, it's not like the, the Giants had 15 sacks in the game. It's just that he kept hanging on to the ball, hanging on to the ball. Hang, dude, throw it away. They're not open. Just get rid of it. You know, let's punt the ball and try again or, you know, live to fight another down uh, or something. He just, like, he wouldn't let it die, and it, it uh, didn't look good. You know, he did not look good. I mean, what a major disappointment this was, thinking that he would look better than he did against Detroit because he's got a full week of practice behind him now, a full week of, of reps with his, uh, with his targets, with his receivers, and instead, it was just the opposite. I mean, he looked like he was out there on three days, uh, three days prep, all walkthroughs, no live reps or anything like that. Not like he had a full week of practice to 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 go with. So, bear down to Chase Daniel. We needed better from you uh, in this game. Bear up to we already said Khalil Mack. Bear up Jordan Howard. Sixteen carries, seventy six yards, four point eight yards a carry. That's Jordan Howard. That's the guy we know and love. And uh, unfortunately, the game got out of control, so we had to pass to try to get caught up, and he couldn't be as big a part of the uh, game plan in the second half as he was in the first. Not his fault, but when he got the ball yesterday, 76 yards and 16 carries, nearly five yards a carry. That's the Jordan Howard we all know and love. Hopefully we see more of him as we get further into December and get ready for a playoff run in frigid Chicago temperatures. Uh, bear up to Akeem Hicks. Not only did he score his first rushing touchdown from one yard out uh, yesterday, he also had a sack in the game. He stuffed Saquon Barkley uh, on, on second and goal or something like that yesterday. Akeem Hicks is a beast. And, and just like I talked about him uh, last week saying how we need to, 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 you know, to, to band together and get the votes in Akeem's favor so he makes the Pro Bowl again, 
he comes out with another performance like that, even in a losing effort, Akeem Hicks is a difference maker, deserves to make the Pro Bowl, so get your votes in now. So that's, uh, that's it. And then, of course, bear up Tariq Cohen, uh, 12 catches, 156 yards on 14 targets. So there were only two balls thrown in his direction that did not come, he did not come down with through the game-winning touchdown pass. Also uh, took about 30-plus yards rushing uh, as well. Had a really nice punt return uh, as well. So he was doing it all for us yesterday. He was the hero of the game and definitely deserves a bear-up uh, for his performance against the Giants. I mean, you, you can make an honest case about he's the only reason that we were even in it uh, at the end. So bear up Tariq Cohen, another outstanding performance from you. So, folks, that is going to do it uh, for the Week 13 review. We will be back on Thursday to preview this heavily anticipated matchup between the Bears and the Rams. And um, after all of my technical issues and problems, I can't say for certain that they've been solved. I had a technician here this morning uh, working on things, and I'm not 100% sure that it's been fixed, but we got to go with it. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Brad Motter from, uh, from, uh, from Locked on Rams will be on the show, or at least I'll be talking to him. We'll see if it makes it to the show. I'll do everything that I can to make sure that the laptop is ready to go uh, on Wednesday night when he and I talk, and on Thursday Hopefully we'll have an interview because that's going to be a very interesting conversation to have, uh, you know, on, on Wednesday night. So come on back Thursday. I'll be back regardless. I'll either be just it'll be just me talking about this game or Brad will be able to join me and help us preview it and tell us what's going on with the Rams. So come on back Thursday. Until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been Bears Talk Underground. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.